The scriptures say that the Word of God is living and active, and that the Spirit of God works inside us to expose our imperfections and refine our lives. The eventual outcome is intended to be a life more closely resembling Christ himself. Why would anyone argue against being more Christ-like? Hi everybody, I'm Gene Girdley. Welcome to the Miles and the Markers podcast. Today is Wednesday, January 19th. A lot has been going on the last few weeks, a lot of changes in my life. And uh, one of the things that is important to me is that when you leave a situation, when you part ways with someone you've been doing business together with, working on something together for almost two years and having such a big role in that, that when you part ways, you have a couple of choices. You can entertain phone calls. You can entertain and encourage people to call you and talk to you. You can call everybody up and go, hey, let me tell you what my side of the story is. I'm not going to do that. I've posted on LinkedIn that I'm going to trust God. But I do want to say something to those who are listening. And for those who are listening, who may be talking with other people who are associated with the Fixed Ops Roundtable, that if you hear something that doesn't sound like it makes sense about who I am as a person, the best thing to do would just reflect on who I am and ask yourself, does that really make sense about who Gene is? Does he really think that way? Would he really do something like that? And then just blow it off. Or you can call me. You can message me. And if in answering the question, I have to put someone else down or badmouth them, I'm, I, I'll just say, that's not what happened. And you're just going to have to trust me because I'm not going to put someone else down. I'm not going to badmouth somebody else. And I really do wish for all the sponsors, all the speakers, for the differences that it made, especially for the fundraising for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, that that continues to be blessed. Because that is so much more important than anything that I do or don't do. Helping other people is the priority. Um, so I really wish success in that area. So getting into the book now, pay attention to life's clues. And, and by the way, as I read through the book and I pause and I embellish on things, I have re pre-read the book to start thinking about a little bit before I do the broadcast or before I do the podcast. But typically, as I'm reading it, something will pop into my head, and then I'll just embellish on that. So, mile seven, pay attention to life's clues. As a young man, faith wasn't something to be taken seriously. And I'm, I'm going to pause right away because the first time ever, ever, 
for all these years of being on LinkedIn and posting scripture verses, which by the way, I post them and then reflect on them as they relate to humanity or life or business or something like that. I never use them to attack somebody or proselytize, proselytize somebody or anything like that. I just share what's going on in my life and how it can help other people. But I got attacked for it this week. <laughs> That's why the scripture says, always be prepared to give a de defense for the hope that lies within you. So I believe in what I believe in, but I'm not going to attack anybody else because they don't or because they believe something else. You have every right to believe whatever you want and you shouldn't be attacked for it. So my profession of faith was based on a semi-regular church attendance. That's all. Attending church doesn't make you a Christian any more than working in a garage makes you a mechanic. You may have the title or certification, and you may still be part of the team, but you need to learn a lot more before you can say you know your stuff. Expertise applies to every area of life. The emphasis on college degrees, for example, is valuable, for, especially for professions where life and death or significant sciences or engineering are involved. Most other things can be learned on your own. And I just noticed here that there's a typo in the book. It doesn't say on your own. It says on, why, and then a bracket. <laughs> so for those who have been wondering what I was saying there, you, now you know the answer. Most other things can be learned on your own. You can go to YouTube, right? Type in whatever you want to learn. Sometimes it's not always right, but <laughs> there's a lot of good information there. And during the past 40 years, my studies have helped me come to understand how to read and apply the Bible and to trust it too. I just got finished um, with another great book by J. Warner Wallace. Uh, Cold Case Christianity is one of his books. Uh, the most recent one that I listened to was called Person of Interest. I, I would really encourage you if you want to get from a criminal detective's perspective in how he analyzed a case and tied that into his same analysis and discovery of the reliability of biblical evidence. It's a great book if you're interested. It's packed with wisdom and practical life skills, both the book and the Bible. The scriptures say that the word of God is living and active and that the spirit of God works inside us to expose our imperfections and refine our lives. The eventual outcome is intended to be a life more closely resembling Christ himself. Why would anyone argue against being more Christ-like? In fact, one of the things that I read and listened to recently was how much all the other religions of the world and all the other great uh, current living uh, masters out there, they all talk about Jesus and they all say great things about him. They all say wonderful things about him. Why? Because of the life that he lived. Because of the way he focused on the poor and the needy and the sick and the dying and the lost, and the lonely. And so I'll read this again. Why would anyone argue against being more like Jesus Christ? It doesn't matter what we do in life, but it does matter who we become. Quote, he, 
Jesus, who began a good work in you, will complete it, end quote, says the scriptures. So that's my focus and my hope. I have, you all know me who have followed me, that I have the attitude of always be learning. Well, I also have the attitude of always be growing, always be improving, always become a better human being. And being more like Christ would help me do that. Anyone who says, I have arrived, I, I would just say, don't trust them. We've never arrived. We never arrive. There's always something new to learn. The world is changing so fast. Technology is changing so fast. Cultures are changing so fast. Governments are changing. Families are changing. If you stop and think, oh, I'm just going to do it the way I've always done it. Well, as if, you're, if you put yourself in a cocoon or you go off into the wilderness and you live all by yourself in a compound, you can certainly do that. But if you're going to interact with people today, if you're going to grow a business today, you can't possibly do that. You can't possibly think you've arrived and, and you're done. We often fail to grasp how our lives are unfolding as we're living them. It's the old can't see the forest for the trees analogy. For me, having the mindset of an entrepreneur wasn't something that entered my mind when I was younger. But 40 years later, being an entrepreneur is where I find myself. In retrospect, it's likely why boredom set in so quickly in my earlier years after just a few years at a particular job. Now, my experience may help save you a lot of grief and a lot of wasted time. When I look back, it's clear now that my calling has been to lead. I did have the final say on editing and producing and directing and the way the show looked on the roundtable. But in other roles, and if you're in business and you're a vendor, you don't have the final say. You do what your client wants. So I'm not suggesting that you always have to be the boss. But if you're the leader, if you're the one who takes the lead on something, then you need to be a leader. But circumstances and the influence of others caused me to question whether or not I was supposed to be a leader. You'd rarely find me doing something on my own. Take my fifth grade talent show. I plan to sing a song by Glenn Campbell called Wichita Lineman. He sang it as a solo. I practiced it, singing by myself. But the fear of failure made me decide not to do it alone, and another boy needed an act in the show. So since neither one of us were very confident, the performance bombed. To this day, my default position is to look for someone else to do it with me. That's my natural instinct. Who else can do it with me? There's nothing wrong with involving others. In fact, it's vital to your success. But if you're called to lead, or if your purpose is to be an entrepreneur, then there are decisions and choices and actions that you must take on your own, especially risks. Especially risks. For me, it's also with God's help and guidance. So I truly never, because of who I am and what I believe, I truly never stand alone. I pray about everything. I meditate on everything. 
and I'm still weak and I still get afraid and I still get depressed. See, being a believer in God or being a Christian or any other faith that you have, or even being someone who meditates or any of that kind of stuff, um, you know, if you ever listen to some of the great yogis or gurus or whatever you want to call it, from the top of the mountain, right, where they're supposedly illustrated to be sitting, they will say to you, um, I haven't learned a thing yet. In fact, I realize now that I'm up here how little I know. So even though you're going to learn all this stuff, more rights, more information creates more responsibility and and it can be tough emotionally to deal with that. But I do trust in God. And so when things do get rough, I do have a rock to stand on. And so the sooner you find your purpose, the easier it will be to understand why you do what you do. It will help others understand you. You may be in the role of a leader whether you own your business or not. If you like being the boss or a leader, it's essential to embrace that now. Once you do, you'll at least understand why they say it's lonely at the top. And it really is when you are at the place like right now where I am, um, I resigned one job. I parted ways from another income producer. And so now I'm here living off of what we put in savings. Running a business. Yeah, I have meetings. Yeah, there's plans. Yeah, there's other things that are in front of me. I still have great business relationships and I'm not worried. But it is a little unnerving because there's no, quote, guarantee. Other than the fact that he who began a good work and you will complete it. And I know the plans I have for you, plans for a hope and a future. So I can trust in those things. And now the mile marker. Examine who you are, how you think, and what drives you. Know and understand your gifts, skills, talents, and passions. Then you will be able to set the tone for a successful future. I really wish all the best for everyone out there. For the new year, 2022, learn, grow, embrace new things, new strategies, new ideas, fail. Pay attention to life's clues, especially if they're telling you to go somewhere else. Sometimes gut instinct is a good thing. And embrace that. Don't be afraid to fail. Thank you for listening to another of the Miles and the Markers podcast. You can get the book at Amazon. Go to Amazon and search... Gene Girdley, G-E-N-E-G-I-R-D-L-E-Y, if you're interested. Next week, Mile 8, Believing Means Doing. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.